Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Season 4, Episode 3, The Ties That Bind. I used to know who I was. Galen Tyrrell, crew chief, husband, father. I look in the mirror nowadays. I don't even know what I am. Are you and Callie getting along? flooded with new sensations, new feelings. Maybe you are too. All right, Mr. Anderson, it's time. It's time to dive into the ties that bind. I'm going to come out of the gate real hot. And I'm going to say this. Tori has now become my number one girl. So she's my number one girl right now. I like her. I want a girl that murders girls. Uh, yeah, I like her. You know, I might. I think she's marriage material at this point because. She's pretty strong. Two things. Real strong, actually. Good hit. Real, yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, a backhand, like, no, she's got the Mickey mantle of backhands. <laughs> Tori's got a pimp hand that keeps them all in line. Good God. That's right. Fucking pimp handed him right out of the goddamn spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Tori runs her operation. I'll pimp hand your ass into space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh, she's, she's, she's cruised up to number one. Here's why. Number one, if I show up to a party or if I go out somewhere and I have, Caprica six with me. <laughs> People are going to be like, "Ooh, really, Caprica six? You know, <laughs> like I look. I know I I bust my my own balls a lot, but I know the reality. I know that I'm a pretty good looking guy. I'm definitely pretty fit. I get it. But when you're standing next to six, you start to realize there are many flaws in my game. <laughs> There's a lot of holes in my game, right? You start to notice your pores and your acne. Oh fuck! Oh, yeah, shit. you know. I, I mean, maybe my maybe my bottom teeth are not perfectly straight, you know, maybe, 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 maybe my Romanesque nose seems a little bit kind of goofy and a little too big. Maybe suddenly, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I am not as symmetrical as I think I am. And maybe suddenly I'm not quite as fit as I, as I imagine. Right. And people start Standing. to go, Ooh, six, they pull her aside. That's how bad it is. They pulled her aside, and they're like, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> they're, they're putting blankets around her like oh. she's in shock. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, they put the rape blanket on her, even though that didn't even happen. And they're like, really? your ambulance blanket <laughs> six. What were you thinking? Right. Now, I show up with Tori, beautiful girl, don't get me wrong, but they're like, all right, good for you, Dean, and, and good for you, maybe, Tori, but definitely good for you, Dean, without being <laughs> like, Dean, what? If, if you see me with six, Matt, you assume mm-hmm. I have her family hostage in a basement. <laughs> if you see me with Tori, you might not think that. And that's not to say 
that Tori is not a beautiful woman. She is by far a beautiful woman. And very formidable. This newfound confidence, this pimp-handing people out of the spaceship, <laughs> this sultry way about her. I tell you, man, we got we to gotta give it up for Gaius because he oh, yeah. unlocked oh. something deep in her. And I like this new back straight hair done, kind of a sort of very opportunistic seductress that we have now started to un- uncover in Tori. And look um, into her power level. And, uh, you know, Callie, you know, you shouldn't have said the thing about turning the wrench. Now, for that, you must die. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Tori, you were going to kill yourself and the baby. So when you got backhanded out of the spaceship, I was like, well, well, save the baby. Hey. Yeah. You know what? And, and Tori saved the baby. That's two babies she saved. Damn. Good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so let me Tori, ask you. Tori, the baby saver. Let me ask you a question. Everyone who's so sad about Callie, let me ask you a question. Do you prefer the drug-addled attempted murder-suicide lady, or do you prefer the strong, pimp-handed, baby-saving, beautiful lady? You tell me. (laughs) The choice is quite clear. (laughs) Jesus. This ain't even a little column A, column B. This is all column A and column B. (laughs) Fuck right off out the airlock. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, while I'm feeling awake, I'm alive right now. You know what I like about this? I'm podcasting upstairs instead of in the basement. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've got satellite, LSG satellite station has, has gone live. The satellite <laughs> station on the second floor is going. And um, I'm looking, I'm turning, so the mic might be a little long, funky. I have these two nice windows. This room, you slept in this room, Matthew. Beautiful mm-hmm. windows, nice, beautiful trees outside. The sunlight streaming in as we're recording this Friday during the day. Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. Can you believe it? What world is this? We never do that. We I never always do that work on Fridays. Friday. I never have Fridays off. I happen to have one off. You did. In the stars aligned for us to podcast during the day, and I'm feeling good. It's I didn't good have a nine-hour or 10-hour workday and then come home and podcast. I'm ready. Let's go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's why I like doing well, Tuesdays now for the movie, because I don't work that Ah, day. it's nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> All done. We're done, man. Welcome you back get- to our podcast scheduling updates. <laughs> Dude, let's get into the ties to bind. Of course, the third episode. Things are progressing at a pace. What do we want to talk about this week, Matt? Oh, man. Honestly, one of the biggest shocks for me was, uh, oh, hey, Cavill, you are still, okay. I thought she got your whole line. I thought full board across the Cylon fleet mutiny had happened, and essentially the the uh, Cavils were boxed because they all got gunned down without being as resurrected. What I assumed. No, the resurrection no. ship was not destroyed, but but that happened. What happened at the end of this episode? <laughs> Maybe what you thought happened in the other one. Uh-huh. Whew. I'm thinking so. Whew. Holy shit, did the revolution go bad? You know, Yikes. You know what Cylons and humans have in common? If you just leave them to their own devices, they'll slaughter each other. <laughs> they'll just kill each other. <laughs> That really, if the humans were just smart enough to realize that, like, you know what, let's just keep jumping, jump, jump, jump as fast as we can, right? And while the silence pursue us, they're going to eventually kill each other. <laughs> like, this, this unstable, insane mythology that they're all sort of centered around and fighting over. It's like, yeah, you're all going to kill each other in a civil war. That's what's going to happen. But our cave book says one thing. Well, our cave book says something else. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> I'll kill your whole family for thinking that. Yes, yes. I will drive a truck <laughs> ah, into story. your family. 
<laughs> the story of human history. Humanity. It's beautiful. It's, it should endure forever. I'm sure it'll be so good for the galaxy when we can finally reach space. I'm sure we'll put aside our petty squabbles and differences. There's one thing that Battlestar Galactic has taught me, Matthew, is that when we reach for the stars and get to the stars, that we're just going to keep on killing. <laughs> just going to be monsters. <laughs> Oh, hey, that's a nice shiny thing you have. Can I have it? Well, no, it's mine. Oh, well, I'll kill you for it then. Sure. <laughs> History 101. <laughs> yes, uh, century one. Hey, that's a nice shiny thing you have. Can I have it? No. Smash your face with rock. <laughs> Take it. Next century, smash your face with iron. Ooh, get more. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> now, century now I don't... 10, smash your face with lasers. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> the whole story. Ooh, wait. I got a bunch of people I can just smash with a big giant fucking tube full of explosives I can drop from a thing that flies around through the sky. I'll do that too. <laughs> drop some bombs got, on I'll you, get baby. so many shiny things for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get so sophisticated that eventually we're going to be like, oh, well, we don't like the country adjacent to you. So we're going to push you into war with that country and sit back and laugh at all of you. <laughs> <laughs> we're the good guys. <laughs> Dude, Jesus. I think we just summarized him. We should be, we should start a history podcast. That, we seem well, to have thanks a, for listening we, to our TED Talk on history. You, we have a, such a nuanced opinion of the world. We seem to have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the broad strokes, I think I got those handled. What an app, man. This one's oh, intense. Man. It really is. God, and uh, you know, all the all the joking about Callie aside, I do really like the way this episode uh, opens up with her, like the the, the fucking the lighting, the Ooh. little like baby lights and stars going around, uh, swirling around her as if she's already in space. Yikes! Um, mm-hmm. But she's just losing it and cracking up. Um, and you know, to an extent, I get it. But also, there's another level of her, like shit. Don't you? How about you just divorce him? Right. <laughs> how about you just fucking move on. Yeah. She. Um, um, I, she. She. She's got. It's the stims, man. I know she's getting all she's getting all cat stimmed, all drugged up. No, yeah, good. that's it's no it's good. too yeah it's it's funny because there is some sympathy there, but then there's also I love the unreliable POV that we have with her, where we actually yeah. see them kissing at one point, and in there's something said that we don't even know what's going on. You know, it's it's a really bizarre set of circumstances, but we we are set up for her to sort of imagine it how she will and we're not exactly sure what she's seeing and i think the camera effect over the lens helps us with her pov mm, but yeah when she goes to the bar let's let's talk about all that let's talk about let's talk about tori and Tyrell's conversation yeah and i think the most interesting thing about it is what tori is saying like i mean you know Tyrell is still just talking about like i don't know who i am i don't feel like i'm handling anything any you know well at all and everything's kind of falling apart and she's the one like we've been saying she's like you know I, i'm not sure if it's all so bad she's like i'm kind of enjoying this new type of feeling like she is kind of i think now re- she, she seems like the first one of the four to have this kind of awakening of like well, I'm kind of getting a new lease on life in a way. Like I'm realizing I'm a whole nother type of being and that's a whole new perspective and I can start to figure out what I'm capable of that I didn't even realize I was capable of. She's kind of starting to like open her eyes to this mm. and Tyrrell, you know, you look at him, he's still just fucking sallow eye, just like, life sucks. And you're like, man, you just, you're still so stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of starting to look around into the Cylon reality. You know, it's what, interesting. Remind, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me oh. of Lestat and Louis. 
Yes, dude. Right? That's that's perfect, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because she's like, look with your vampire eyes. And he's, he's all like, like I don't, he's like, I don't <laughs> Take her, Louis. End your suffering. End ours. <laughs> Just smash a human. You have Except- awesome Cylon arms. They kick ass. Look what I can pimp hand. <laughs> Except in this case, she's like, take me, Tyrol. <laughs> she's she's like, come on. She definitely throws the moves at him. She's like, I kind of like this kind of fucking whoever I want thing. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> She's like, dude, there's nothing. No kegels in the world can prepare you for Cylon Puss. This thing's crazy. <laughs> this thing's crazy. He's like, oh, I know. It's Believe got five me. different settings. That's the thing. He knows. He's been there. <laughs> He's dipped stone in waters. <laughs> Ooh. He's hearing that. That's, that's like the fucking sirens. He's going to crash on the rocks, man. <laughs> or his wife's going to crash on the rocks, I guess. <laughs> but boy, Callie, Callie finds him, baby mm. in arms. You son of a bitch. She touched your tricep. <clears throat> I'll kill you for that. <laughs> uh, she touched your tricep. I'm going to kill myself and your baby. Okay. Yeah, seems fair. Uh, and you know, one thing that sucks about all this is that even, even before Callie arrives there, I got the, sen- the sense from, from Tyrrell that he wasn't going to do anything with her. Like he really wasn't. He was just kind of like hearing her out and kind of being surprised at what she was saying. Sure. And just kind of like taking it all in. Like, I don't think he was going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Being a Cylon's not so bad. Let's go fuck. Like, I don't think that was the, uh, he, where he was going at all. I do believe him there. Um, I do but, too. Yeah. But damn, damn, does it break bad. I mean, Callie. Finds them, yells at him, and immediately barfs and collapses. So she's not doing well. Terrific. Yikes. Uh, this also, you know, we might as well continue on the Kelly line, but yeah, that that whole thing is wild. But do you do you want to um should we should we talk about the I mean the last the episode ends with her dying. Do you want yeah. do you want to hit that up before we sign off for the day, or do you want to just run run Callie? Mm. You know, I think, yeah, I think we should just go ahead and run, run yeah. the Cali Yeah, why story. bury the lead, right? Well, let's do it. So We've been, we've been talking about it. <laughs> uh, I like her moment with Doc Cottle. Oh, yeah, yeah, where she's like, oh, I like maybe the flirtation, just- like she's just looking for something, man. Right. Is that honestly the thing about all this that I feel the most bad for for Callie in uh is not like oh, you know, her being stressed out or her you know having the baby, but just her being alone yeah, all the time. Like I get it. She's just like that that is something that I think people don't talk about as far as like early parenthood, especially whoever whichever parent is the one who's going to be at home with a baby all day. You don't get a conversation. Like you're kind of isolated. Like you don't get to talk to the baby and find out what do you think of politics, baby? Like there's nothing. Like you you're just taking care of them and you have you can't go anywhere cuz you you have to take care of this baby constantly and you just have like no adult interaction at all and that will make you fucking a little crazy. Right. And you but the the difference is I think and I 100% agree with that, but I think the difference is that when you are a, when you are taking care of a baby at home in a neighborhood where you might not know people, and travel's kind of limited with a baby. And this, just pick up your baby and take a walk. You live in a giant hotel that flies I, through I space. Do, yeah. You know what True. I mean? She got to get, get out there. Go to the bar. Bring the baby. Who cares? And also, hey, are you the only couple that have a baby on this entire <laughs> ship or fleet? <laughs> exactly. Like, is, there, is there no monthly meetup for like the, the five you know, children and their parents of, of the fleet? Like That seems like it should be taken pretty seriously. Like We've talked about that before. There was the whole issue of uh, abortion 
being outlawed because they were like, we need babies. Like, we right. need people to have babies. I'm like, shouldn't that still be highly encouraged? Shouldn't be, like, it, there should be somebody coordinating that shit of being like, all right, let's get parents together and like, I, you know, make their, should the kids get to play with each other and like, you know, develop like normal human beings since they're the future of our race? Sure, sure. Um, you know, and, and all this, all this Cali bashing aside, which is just fun for me. Um, <laughs> obviously, what we, we aren't getting a super fair breakdown of what she, what she, what she may actually be going through, which right. is Galen really just disappearing. And it's not all deck work. It's not, it's, no, it's the Cylon beat ups. And that's, you know, obviously he didn't ask to be a Cylon, so he's not sure how to deal with it or what the fuck he's going to even do. So I feel for him, but I also understand his constant absence, especially to center around a newborn is really tough. Um, especially totally. since before they had the kid or when they were having the kid, he was probably like, all right, here's what I'm going to do to, to do my share. I'm, I mean, giving him the benefit of the doubt, knowing the chief that he was probably like, all right, here's what we're going to do. And then he was like, oh, I'm a Cylon. So whatever plan they had is got the fucking window as he's in constant distraction mode. Exactly. Yeah. But there's a lot of that in this episode. You know, there's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of internal squabbling. There's internal yeah. squabbling between the president and Lee. There's internal squabbling between Kara and Anders. There's squabbling amongst the Cylons. There's squabbling between husband and wives. There's squabbling between the Cylons. This whole episode, the ties that bind, I guess, is this idea that the ties that bind are uh, <laughs> are really being stretched thin. And that's Stretch one of the out, things yeah. I like about this episode is all of everyone is at war with themselves in this episode. It's pretty wild. It's a really well done episode of TV, I think. Mm, that's a, yeah, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Honestly, it seems like Tori is the one and only person who is like in this episode, in the uh, framework yeah. of this episode, at least, like who has this like clear direction now that she's kind of accepted, at least, and like not as far as like a mission or an overall purpose, but kind but of she just doesn't like have I, conflict, right? She seems to have yeah. embraced her her who whatever, yeah, whatever she experienced with her awakening and her meet up with. Ball tower, which probably affected her in some way, has now sure she seems like it, yeah. to have embraced something different about herself. Right, right. She's she's the only one who has like some confidence and just like seems pretty self assured. Everybody else is kind of like I don't fucking know what's happening. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like I like when Doc just kind of denies her. He's like, "This isn't an opium den where you can nap. <laughs> Figure out." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did. Yeah, I love that moment. He's like, well, as long as you're in the mood for some tough love, maybe you are just imagining things. Right. And that's what the episode wants us to believe that we're not entirely sure. Right. Right. Like, how much of that did you see? Can we talk about the sloppy nature of which this meeting was set up? Guys, you ran a successful insurrection campaign on New Caprica, yet you flub a note that the wife finds. Get it together, Ty. (laughs) What are you doing, man? (laughs) <laughs> like Ty, did you post a sticky note on the door? Like secret meeting at this room? Don't tell anybody. Ty, you slaughtered countless, countless sympathizers. Come on, man, get it together. <laughs> Encour- <laughs> encourage your own men and women to suicide bomb the silo. <laughs> your fatwa was very successful, sir. <laughs> Come on, what are you doing? Good lord! But yeah, this yeah, leads to her finding up. their little meetup, and I like the, I love the classic Star Wars go through their thing. I love it. Like Ooh, crawl through yeah. the fucking piped wall and, and listen in. <clears throat> <laughs> Creep into the little crevice. I loved it. Oh, I like that top down shot. But this is the moment where where you some of this did you catch some of this dialogue here? 
I mean, as far as like what, what uh, Saul was saying to yeah, Galen? And, and what he said to Tori. Now I've heard everything Ty says. Anders and Gaius Frack and Baltar. Just what we need. Another Cylon nymphomaniac, he says. <laughs> and then she's God like, don't worry, Colonel, you're not my type. <laughs> <laughs> and one more thing. From now on, we only meet in private. After that scene you two pulled in Joe's bar the other night, we can't risk any more attention. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. now that's the smartest thing they have said about their meeting so far. I'm like, you guys practically just shouldn't interact at all outside of these little check-ins. Yep. yep. And also, dude, I wonder how often they're doing this. I'm like, if you guys are meeting more than twice a month, that's too much. Like, you should not be meeting a lot. Like, are you no guys meeting shit. weekly? Is this an AA meeting you're doing now? And why meet together? Right. I don't get it. And at the end of the day, I'm like, well, the only thing I can imagine that they really need to be in contact with is like, all right, how are you guys feeling about whether we reveal ourselves or not? Like, do you have thoughts on that? Because like, you need to make sure you're all on the same page with that. Like, either we are staying secret or we're going to all come out together. And that needs to be, you need to be pretty arm in arm on that issue. But otherwise, I'm like, what do you guys talking to each other like every mm-hmm. meeting you put together is just another possibility of being caught like you right. need to fucking make that the minimum exposure uh, and then he says oh, this yeah. he has this line which says and you better put an air to this into this affair business right he says but that I think, he, I think he means it mostly from the angle of how it's perceived versus what he's actually doing because he's like you know you need to put it in with this whole affair looking thing because people are going to start looking at you and Callie and everybody you interact with more aka Tori he's like it's just it's just putting uh you know a spotlight on all of us yeah yeah it's funny because I'm like he doesn't really know what transpired or if anything between them but I think setting up the conversation to talk about Tori's proclivity and as far as he's concerned for being a nympho, he's probably concerned <laughs> that something is happening. He knows he's already banged Boomer, right? That's true. So I wonder if he's like making them take caution. But I'm surprised it wasn't refuted by Tyrrell, which is probably what hurts like Callie more. Like he doesn't really say anything. Right, right. But that information is quickly, quickly upstaged by the skin job and that her husband's one of them and that or a bunch of Cylons down here. And you're like, holy shit, <laughs> that fucking moment is so crazy. I love uh, the montage after a lot of the old clips. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Him licking the blood off of his finger. I it know. looks so sinister now. I know. It's, it's awesome. But all it's the so some of the older clips, when they're in the deck, like early season stuff, I was like, oh. I know. Yeah. Fuck. Known each other for a long time on here now. Her little montage. But Tori makes the spot, and she's like, oh, sneaky galley. Yeah, she puts it together, and somebody has come through that little passageway. Um, the, the final meeting between Tyrrell and Callie is great. He's just blurred out the whole time, and his voice sounds a million miles away. Oh, yeah, I really liked this, the way they shot this, how, yeah. like, like you said, everything is incredibly out of focus and blurred, and she's barely paying attention to what he's really even saying. Trying to keep it together. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I'm fine. Oh, and dude, I I was pretty shocked at her just grabbing the monkey wrench and bashing dude. him in the head. Holy shit. Did yeah. not see that coming. I guess she's doing the old, uh, you know, no one's going to have, I, I will not, this is not how we will live as Cylons, but... Well, and also, I think I think she's kind of in this moment coming to the realization that, oh man, if you are a Cylon and have always been a Cylon, this baby 
is half Cylon. I think that's what's going through her mind too. I think that's why she ends up wanting to just kill herself with the baby. Yeah. She's like completely freaked out by it. Yeah, I guess. That's unfortunate. Unfortunate what she's done. I know. And um, this is this is great stuff auditory. I, I just I I couldn't peel my eyes off of the way she was behaving, the way she's she's so she she's walking like six. You know, she it's funny. She has such a um, calm, still way about her as she approaches Callie. Ooh, yeah, yeah, Tori in that moment. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. She, Did I say I mean, Callie? She's in her I like Tori. She's in her fucking lady Terminator mode now. <laughs> she yeah. is just marching forward. And just the confusion Callie feels. I, I truly think, I, I don't think, I think Callie would, could have been, is, could have recovered from this, but Tori yeah. couldn't let the Cylon secret remain. Right, right. You know, and the question I have for you, which, you know, it's hypothetical, so we'll never know, but do you think that Saul or Anders would have done the same thing as Tori? That is a very good question. Um, mm, Cause I'm like, they're all Cylons. They all have the, the threat of being exposed here, but I'm not, I'm not sure if they would do I the same thing as I, Tori. I think Ty, I think Ty would. I don't think Anders would. Mm, yeah. I Cause he that. was the one I, suggesting I think, turning themselves in, right? Or, or, or AWOLing himself. Right. You know, I Dude. think, I, th- I agree with you. I think that Ty would, but I think he would also be more shaken up by it. I think he would really hate having to, you know, put down one of his own, you know, uh, officers. I think yeah. that would bother him a lot more. Yeah. And and I think you're right about Anders. I think Anders just wouldn't want to at all. I think he is I think honestly he's the most still the most uncomfortable about being a Cylon. Yeah. Uh, even Anders Tyrell rules. seems to I like Anders. Huh? I like Anders. Oh yeah. A lot. Anders is solid. But I think even at this point what's interesting is that that Tyrell as much as he doesn't like and is not like happy and comfortable with the, the fact of being a Cylon, he was the, also the first one to be very resigned to it. He was just like, yeah, that's what we are. Fuck. It's real. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he seemed to just kind of accept the truth, even though he doesn't like it. Whereas Anders is the one who's like, no, 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 we're, we can't be, we can't be. I hate this. <laughs> um, crazy. And, and now, I mean, it's almost like you have amongst the four of them, the whole spectrum of like, Tori is now just full blown. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm a Cylon and that's not so bad. Uh, all the way down to Anders being like, I fucking hate this. No, this can't be real. And, you know, I think Saul is the next most embracing of being a sign at least as far as like I will defend myself still and I will defend the secret right but yeah dude Tori is the this if you're Callie this is the worst one to be confronted by because she is she is going to kill your ass as we see yeah which is funny because we wouldn't have known like had you asked us before this episode one of these right it would have been you would have been like I don't know I'd have been like, I guess Saul, just because he's a hard ass. Right. <laughs> That's himself. what I would have guessed. That's 100% what I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah, man. I Before this episode, I didn't think uh, Tori would go this hard. <laughs> I really didn't. It was a shock. Right. Um, do you want to work through the Kara stuff, and then we'll do the little bit of President Lee stuff, and then, then we'll wrap. Wrap around that. Yeah. yeah. Boy, let's get over to, to the Demetrius. Fucking cool, um, man. It's so fucking cool, but boy, is it not the like Firefly smuggler mission like I expected. For one, dude, I, the biggest yeah, well, that's what we were me, talking about. That's fucking awesome. I watch a whole yeah. season of this shit, dude. Totally. See, that's that's the thing. Like, I want. I was talking about it on the last episode. I'm like, give me a whole spinoff show of Kara and her own ship on some wild mission. I'm like, that sounds great. Like, I'm I'm, I'm on board. I got um, a dumb question though. Hmm? How do you get into the Viper? 
Dude, I was thinking that too. I'm so fucking glad you said that. I was like, wait, your Viper's outside in the vacuum of space. Do you suit up and like pull yourself by a rope out to the I was like, maybe, maybe that thing descends into the ship, but then why not always have it in the ship? I think it just looks cool. It's a cool look, but it's super impractical. Right. And maybe I think it, maybe it was a way- it's a ship that couldn't, it probably doesn't have a cargo bay. Let's be real. It's a sewage ship. A sewage so they ship, probably yeah. were like, well, here's what we're going to do. And hopefully we don't need them. And if we need to run some sort of like op mission, we'll just have to go out there in a suit. They, that must yeah. be the thing. Cause there's no, it's not, again, this ship is not designed to, to act as a carrier vessel, you know? Right. Right. And see, what sucks about that from like a tactical perspective, at least is that you kind of have this cool cover of this is just the sewage ship. There's no armaments on it. There's nothing. It it obviously doesn't have like the capacity to store like a military, uh, you know, crew. So like if the Cylons at first saw it, scanned it, they might not even register it as a threat, but because you do have the Raiders. (laughs) What's that? They might just destroy it though. Yeah. They might just wipe it out anyway. But but regardless, like because they do have um, the the vipers aboard and they're on the outside of the ship, that whole that whole ruse is out the window immediately. They're like, well, they mm-hmm. have vipers. Like they're they're not just a sewage ship, or at least they're not doing what a sewage ship does. Right. What do you think of the crew comp? Unexpected, Did huh? Not. Did not expect any of this, dude. I thought it was going to be Kara, maybe one or two Viper pilots, and then like two or three crew people from the sewage ship who are just like help run the basic operations of the ship, maybe a navigator, like five or six people. There's like 15 motherfuckers on this ship. I was like, whoa, Hilo, Gata, crazy shit. How many people from the CIC are just on this sewage ship with Kara? You got, you got so wild. I know you got Athena, you got um, yeah, you got Pike. I think he's he's called Gonzo. Pike is the guy who's kind of being a wise ass. Celix is the is the woman who's been around Celix, forever, that's right? Yeah, she's awesome. And then um, I think that's it as far, as far as like people whose names you may not know. But um, morale is uh, seems to be strained, pretty low. This is the um, problem when you have a person in Starbucks condition running the show right right man like star uh starbuck she is a born fighter and i would say not a born leader like that is that's not her forte i think she'd she'd be good as a you know running a small squadron on an attack uh, or even like a ground operation like being a squad leader like she can handle that well but being the leader of men and women on a a grander scale yeah that's that's not her forte like she she does not have the patience for that she does not have the the like even-headed like cool-headed like no you're you're just gonna punch somebody in the face eventually and we've seen it you know remember the whole cigar and sunglasses routine <laughs> exactly but the, you know the, the show premise was always set up to where she was the hot shot viper jockey and in the more in the more balanced and in reserved lee played the cap you know the commander of the air patrol or right. cag commander of the air group but um yeah and, and she was always second fiddle to him in terms of authority but she like you said she had the eye for strategy and tactics she would be brought in when they were planning an operation, she would be the spearhead of an operation. She on the ground or the air, um, right? But this kind of ship running stuff, oof, got a pirate vibe dude, to it. 
what I love about this episode, man, I, I, I didn't pay attention to who it was. I should, you know, by the end, we need to mention it because I think the direction of this episode is really strong. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love this moment when they're all, you know, you know, uh, Anders and Hilo and especially, you know, Celix and Gata are all down there kind of bitching about everything. Like, oh, what the fuck? We're changing course again. Is there any reason why this time? Is she, you know, they've been changing courses like 10 times, I think they've mentioned at this point. Um, but we get this great shot of when Starbuck uh, comes down there and overhears them. We never even see her face. It is just awesome. up through the floor grating as, as if she's like this towering, faceless shadow monster. <laughs> you know what it reminds just me of, dude? Looking up at her. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You, you know how on the uh, uh, on Darth Vader's Executor, they have like the crew pit and they walk above him? Yes. And he dude. marches between them. <laughs> yeah, dude. It reminded me of that, except uh, like more crazy because she's, like you said, that, that yellow light in the sh- what, a, what? It's a great shot, man. It's a really good shot. Like th- this episode has a couple of those. Yeah. Like, the man, man, like the the man's name in question is uh, Michael Nankin. And, Michael um, Nankin, okay. Yeah, he does a lot of producing as well. And he's done quite a few television, um, uh, let me click on his directory credits. He's te- he's been a director for many shows: Star Girl, Good Lord Bird, uh, Wu Assassins, Van Helsing, The Purge, Taken, Whoa, American Mythos, Ghost War, Somewhere Between, The Exorcist TV Show, uh, Hell on Wheels, uh, uh, Defiance, Killjoys, Black Sails. He directed an episode. Uh, Caprica. He directed quite a few. CSI, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Eight episodes. He's done. Damn. Busy. Yep, yep. But yeah, great shot. And I like how, here, here's one of the things I think I love about this moment. There's a lot going on here. And we've touched on it. But I think one of my favorite things that happened here is people are, there's rumblings about their own morale. And normally, as we've seen when Starbuck is in command, she would come down and crush this. She doesn't even pay it heed. No. Yeah. She's like, I don't care what they think. This is the exactly. truth. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's that, what did you say last week? Religious fervor? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't care about you know the care. the skepticism of her crew. Yeah, I I it's like it's like she's the fucking a Templar on a mission and she will not be stopped and she doesn't care what you think or say. <laughs> she's you know going to keep pushing forward. What it also kind of reminds me of is the idea of like the the old explorers uh, trying to find new land on a ship ah. while, while their crew is like uh, we're down here fucking eating oranges and starving. <laughs> like, what, are we it. there yet? Uh, and they're just like, no, no, we're not animals, Mister Fletcher. We're not animals. <laughs> Mutiny on Thanks the Bounty, Master and Commander. <laughs> Mutiny on the Bounty. That was the one with um, Mel Gibson. Ooh. plays Christian Fletcher or Fletcher Christian. I, never, I always mix it up. And then um, <laughs> Captain Bly is played by fucking Anthony Hopkins. So it's a great, oh. like, powerful acting. And there's that moment where I think that's. I think Hopkins is like, we're not animals, Mr. Fletcher. Because they're talking about trying to survive or, or cannibalism comes up. I don't, I don't remember what it was. I just remember him yelling at Mel Gibson. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. I always think of that when I think of Mutiny on the Bounty, that, that movie. I forget the name of that movie, but I really dug it. Mm, mutiny. Anyway. Well, yeah. The ship, <laughs> the ship is not being run very well. Uh, she is pretty much hiding out in her quarters and just plotting, plotting the next move, the next uh, target of where they're going to be heading. And what's interesting about all this is she was talking so much on when she was actually on board the Galactica about having this very distinct 
feeling, this sense of like, I, I can tell how far away from it we are. I can tell what direction we need to be going in because when we're going the opposite direction, I feel this, the sensation fading. And like she was like following it like she had like a, a divining rod of like, oh, I know exactly where it is. I can feel it. And she's not making any mention of that now. She's just kind of like picking out where they're going to jump to next and, and telling them to reverse course or you know mm. target here. And I'm like, are you not admitting that you can't feel it anymore? Like that's something I've been wondering. Mm. And you know, and then we get you know this this moment of Anders kind of confronting her in her quarters, and she's it. busy painting more fucking nebulas on the ceiling like a silly crazy ding dong. Not gonna lie, ha- had a career as a painter. But wait, did she? Actually? No, she could have. <laughs> oh. She's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty good. I mean, a metal mural. God damn. Right, bad. like oh, the little like stars, the little white stars there. That's what kept catching my attention. I was like, "Whoa, those actually look really cool." Yeah, I like how he just takes it from her. Yeah, yeah. I, this was a scene where I was like straight up rooting for Anders to to be forward with her. I was like, mm-hmm. "Man, like I am, I'm a huge Starbuck fan." At the end of the day, I'm still gonna like be pro Starbuck over over a lot of things. But in this moment, I'm like, "Dude, Anders, you need to fucking, <laughs> you need to get your two cents in here." Fat. So many times, man. So, so many, many times he's had to deal with this bullshit. He's been quite patient. <laughs> I feel uh, like you think? You got to give him points there. You think? Dude, and the, the, some of the shit she says to him, Jesus. man. Whoa. She was like, what, what is it that she, the, uh, the line uh, is? You, do you have it? I can tell you. Well, I have it. I don't have it word for word, but she's like, I married you because it was safe, basically, and you were dumb and enough easy. to go along with it. <laughs> you, no, no, I remember, no. The word was, you were pathetic enough to uh, go along with it. Pathetic. <laughs> that is a, like, I, Anders is a very patient man. <laughs> because I feel like a lot of people would just be like, bye, bitch. <laughs> like, done. See ya. We're divorced. We're out. Bye. Done. Safe. Good luck. Good luck with your silly fucking ceiling paintings and your crew that's going to stab your ass in your sleep. You know what's wicked safe? A former professional pyramid ball player that turned into a resistance fighter. What a safe, nice guy. <laughs> to a gorilla me? fighter in the woods. Yeah. Exactly. If I say that to any woman I know, fucking soaked. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Come on. So brutal, though. Jesus. I know. But th- we've honestly- seen this routine before with her. Like, the fight turns into this. This is her language. Oh, this is so her, man. Yeah. And there was a moment where I was really, like, to be honest, I'm kind of disappointed in Anders the way the scene goes at the end. I'm like, dude, the right, the in truth, I'm like, yeah, who could resist? Like Starbucks starts throwing herself at you. You're like, ah, yeah, I'm just going to roll with it. I can't blame him there. But there's a part of me that wanted him just to fucking shove her away and be like, I'm fucking done with this. Like, I'm yeah, done with you yeah, exactly. being like this. And I, I kind of wanted him to just leave her and walk out of the room. And then when he just fucking started going into it, I was like, ah, man. Yeah. No, it's not the right call. It really isn't. Uh, this next piece of dialogue is great. Let's have a listen. Post-coitus. We were married, weren't we? And that was on just like a fantasy. Yelma, I got the scars to prove it. <laughs> Does that seem different to you somehow? Different how? I'm not sure. It's like everything seems so far away. The way things feel, the way they taste. Like I'm watching myself and I'm not really experiencing it, not living it like my body is just this alien thing that i'm still attached to yeah you need therapy that's called disassociative disorder and you're about to become a fucking homicidal theater shooter (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, in a universe without Cylons, I'm more just like, oh, you're just having an existential crisis. Okay, you need to read some Jean-Paul Sartre and some Albert Camus and decompress with some tea for a while. You're fine. You'll get past this. But all, but in a world with Cylons, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Yeah. This doesn't sound great. It reminds um, me of the Fight Club. When you have insomnia, you're never really awake and you're never really asleep. <laughs> it's like you're watching yourself. I'm just a copy of a copy of a copy. Every time I hear that, like that feeling, I don't know if you've ever done like an all-nighter thing. Like that's the oh, feeling. Yeah. You, that's the feeling you get. And you're like, whoa, I feel like I'm sort of not, I feel like I'm kind of observing myself right now. But that, oh, dude. when that becomes normal, you're fucked up. Like that, dude. Yeah, you, that will you, fuck your mind. You up. need to go see somebody before you think I'm just going to kill a bunch of people or something. Since, <laughs> since it's not really <laughs> me, most, since this is a dream, dude. The most like acute sleep uh, de- de- deprivation I've ever had, where because I, I had a moment with it where I like realized, like really realized, like wow, I'm super sleep deprived. Uh, was of course back in college when I'd stayed up for. I think two and a half days nonstop Damn. with, with maybe an hour or two of sleep in there, just writing papers and shit, just being insane while it was like finals week and everything. And I, the, the moment I realized it, like, obviously I knew I was tired. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get some fucking sleep in. I can't wait to be done with this. But I remember leaving my last final and like, I'm on my way, you know, walking on campus, heading towards my car to go home and fucking go to sleep and bumped into somebody I had a class with. And they were like, oh, hey, where were you? Did you just finish your exam? I'm heading blah, blah, blah. And started talking talking to me and I'm literally like two feet away from them, looking them right in the face and talking to them. And I even could tell from looking at their face that they could see on me that like, oh, I'm just like not there. Like I'm just not, I was like looking at them and trying to kind of listen. And all I have is just a memory of them talking and me not hearing it and me just looking at their face like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And even they were looking at me like, are you okay? And I was like, I need to go sleep. Like I I can barely recognize that I'm talking to a person right now. It's wild, dude. (laughs) It's just, I'm just like, like the zombie just felt so weird. Like if you had asked me a question, I would just been like, Yes, like regardless of what the question was, like I was, I don't, I don't, I can't process information anymore. Fucking yeah. makes you such a weirdo. It's wild. It's it's crazy to hear. You know, that's a problem. If she has operational authority of this thing, and that's how she's talking. Yeah, dude. I'm like, wait a minute. <gasps> <laughs> Do I want <laughs> you, dude? Pause minute. it. Oh my god, I have it paused. By the way, uh, at 23 minutes and 13 seconds, it is the perfect. <laughs> we should screenshot this yeah, for the her episode, face. dude. Her face and then Andrew's face looking at her like, oh my god, you're fucking crazy. Uh oh, <laughs> you've lost it, Captain Ahab. Uh oh. Thank God. Dude, yeah, like I would be if I'm in Andrew's shoes. Well, that's what's interesting also about the scene because if this scene, if, if this whole scenario of of Starbuck taking the Demetrius and going off on her own mission and being out there and even being in this mind state uh, had happened two seasons ago, and I, I would be very much like, oh boy, this could be a Cylon thing. What's going on with her? But the weird wrench thrown in here is that we fucking know Andrews is a Cylon and he's right there. Like he's sitting there looking at her. Um, and he Good doesn't point. know what to make of her at this it's, moment. It's, it's funny when you're watching, you know, the show is doing well when you're watching an episode and you go, well, the sort of unknown type of Cylon that's sitting behind our beloved Starbuck is, seems to be the normal one in the situation. You know, the show has done a good job. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> that's so true. That's a great point of like what we have always known as the fucking sly, impossible to understand or, or detect. Inscrutable. Enemy. 
inscrutable enemy is now our source of like familiarity in this right. scene where you're like, well, I get how Anders is feeling, but I have no idea where she's coming from. Listen to one of the final five. Trust me. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. We just got to go to the temple of the light. Oh. You're like, oh, fuck, you've lost it. Right. Point of order. The film I was discussing was called The Bounty in 1984. Mel Gibson, Anthony Hopkins. The there you go. Bounty. I have heard of that. Never seen it. Yeah, that. Lawrence Olivier's in it. Pretty crazy. Oh, shit. 1984. It's got yeah, a it's good it's, yeah, it's just about the, the fucking the Muni on the Bounty. Mutiny on the Bounty. Mutiny on the Bounty. All right. Um, so that pretty much handles the Demetrius peak that we get this week. Yeah. Which yeah, kind of I, leaves I, us with... We'll probably wrap with the Cylon uh, Revolution stuff, and why don't we? Why don't we uh, do uh, the Roslyn Lee Zarek kind of tango here? Ah, yes. Lee is officially a member of the Quorum. He is. He's been appointed for Caprica. He has been probably because that seat was vacated by Guy Baltar when he became the VP, and then the P, <laughs> and then the old P. That once he became hates. the big prez, that was it, man. He was off and running, and then he's like. Well, my career can only go up from here, so I'll be Jesus next. <laughs> Time to be a god. You think I'm going to go backwards? Of course not. <laughs> I don't make lateral career moves. <laughs> so yeah, that's his move. Only upward, and then to prison, but still. <laughs> prison for a little while, but then like most great <laughs> religious leaders, I am, uh, I am liberated. <laughs> I guess there is a brief uh, a pause uh, in my resume when I was in prison. A bit of a stay, you'd say. I like how he's Stewie Griffin now. <laughs> mm, yes, it's yeah. a bit of a stay in behind bars. But, you know, turns out my captors were incorrect for justice found me. Uh, uh, another question, Stewie with an ascot. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what are you trying to say? That it's wrong to plow young acolytes? <laughs> Is it wrong to give them pleasure? Mm, I don't want to be right. Take that. Whip that up in your new journal you're going to write about me. <laughs> but, uh, so... <laughs> if I can only kill my mother. <laughs> oh, shit. Was it an act when I said, go ahead and kill me? You'll never know. <laughs> but um, we obviously know that Roslyn's being treated, and I love that Bill's right by her side despite their fight last week, because that's Bill. Um but I want to talk about this discussion between Zarek and Lee because it's so yeah. good. Zarek I have missed rules. Dude, I've he? missed Zarek. I fucking love him, man. He's great. I can't get enough of the guy. Because I really am. I, I my my point of view is not fully turned on on Zarek. I still have my own like mm, can't fully trust the guy. You know, he's he's definitely as much as he points out. I think accurately that Rosalind has a lot of her own agenda that she's trying to guard and protect, and I think tries to fold it into this whole of I'm doing this for everyone. Whereas like, well, some of this you're just doing for you and your goals. Um, I think he's right to point that out. But I think also Zarek is somebody who I'm like, ah, he's got his own agenda too. Don't just lock, stock, and barrel. Trust the guy. Um, but I do see him more and more as like kind of a fucking Snowden figure in a way. Where he's just kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking point out the truth where it is. And it might not be what you want to hear, but there it is. And, and and he's more of the like gadfly within government than just like a politician, which mm. I kind of love. <laughs> I kind of love it about him. Right. Yeah. He, uh, I, I like this, this piece of dialogue. Let's have a listen. This is Right after Lee is like, oh, the president wasn't in. And he's like, oh, let me explain to you something. She was, just not for you. <laughs> By standing up for Baltar, you crossed the line with her. And Laura Roslin is not the type to forgive and forget. She forgave you. 
She made you vice president. Keep me on the sidelines. Same way he's tried to sideline you. Well, then, I'm intrigued. Why did you nominate me in the first place? Because you did stand up for Baltar. And you put Rosalind on the stand to do it. You weren't afraid to ask some hard questions and to demand some honest answers. Well, if you're looking for a repeat performance, you're out of luck. I didn't take this job to help you undermine the president. I'm not asking you to. Believe it or not, I'm on Laura's side. I believe him. Okay, then what's the problem? It's amazing the things you start to notice when you're on the sidelines. How every decision that Laura and her father make gets stamped classified. Or how her directives are starting to <laughs> He just goes on and on with this. But let me tell you something. I, I just had this epiphany, and, and I can't believe we haven't talked about this sooner. Okay. <laughs> I love that none of these characters in this Quorum of Twelve or in this pseudo-political system within Battlestar Galactica have to answer to advertising or ratings or like corporations, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> true. Like, you know what I mean? You, 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 cause you're always like, well, what is his motivation? He's not being paid. He's not representing some fucking news outlet. Dude, you know what I mean? That's actually a really interesting point because when we right. think about like all of, all of, you know, when we think of in our own world and even in history, like most political corruption involves like special and private interests getting into government and manipulating things and government playing into it and all everybody secretly paying off each other as they pretend to be doing this for the public good and but here, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, there is no, there aren't any special interest groups. They all no. died from nuclear bombs. Like, right. there's nothing. Like, there is, yeah. there is this kind of pure government to it. At least. So it's I'm like really the to, only corruption. Huh? I'm starting to see the Cylon way. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Hold on a second. It. It's pure. 12, pure 12. With the fires. <laughs> yes. 12 tack <laughs> nuke strikes. I'm in. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's a revolution. Uh, wow. But no, dude, like, it's interesting in that, like, in a sense, the government is kind of pure now. So the only corruption you're going to get is from corrupt politicians looking for other for their own end, not because they're in the pocket of some other group for themselves. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say government's pure? You're adorable. That, that, I'm saying it's- I know it, what you're it, meant When it's to corrupted, say. it's its own corruption. It's not like, <laughs> it's not the tobacco fucking industry being like, here, here's a check for a million dollars. Say cigarettes fucking make your dick bigger. Right, but, and that's the thing with Zarek. Zarek is, wait, do cigarettes make your dick bigger? <laughs> yeah, dude, why do you think I smoke two packs a day? <laughs> Feel, feeling like a chip. <laughs> I keep looking in the mirror- and my skin's getting really yellow, but I'm not really noticing a difference. <laughs> One of my teeth fell out, but my pecker's so thick. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. But no, um, I, I like it. You know, I like, it's funny because when we think about the, the history of Zarek, it's so interesting in that Zarek is this character who was an anti-establishment, I guess you'd call him a terrorist. He did blow up a building and I don't know if he killed people, but he probably did. And probably. obviously you, you, when you start killing people unrelated to the struggle, you start to lose me. Right, you know what I mean? Right. But we're far removed from that. We don't really know the truth of that. We only know what was said about that. We know what Zarek said. We know what they said. We know what even people sympathetic to Zarek said. And, and people who weren't, you know, even the crew had varying opinions on Zarek, right? Which was cool. Yeah. Because he was yeah. like this big, big figure. And uh, in this, we're like, well, unless he's compromised by the Cylons, which seems very unlikely and would be kind of goof, goofy yeah. at this point, right? Yeah, I have. Then, as far as the Cylon stuff goes, I have literally no suspicions of Zarek anymore. That's just completely put to rest. And unless he's going to be a rabble rouser just for rabble rousing's sake, sure. But then there's also the, I think he just, it, he, he's fascinating because I think he likes to, I, I there's part of me 
the show has got me believing that he wants some sort of checks and balances. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's interesting. But this scene where he dumps the classified information down for, for Lee, right? Mm-hmm. And then Lee presents this later when they're all kind of discussing it. And what, what do you think about how this whole thing goes down? <laughs> well, getting that information from Tom Assange, I mean, Tom Zarek, uh, yeah, I, I think he knows. I mean, he says it outright. He's like, I think you're the kind of man who won't ignore truth once it's staring you in the face. And then he tosses down that, on, that, that file folder of classified information of the executive order. We come to find out at the actual like meeting of the quorum, it was an executive order 112 to start to establish a judiciary, a, you know, a system of, of how people would be tried. Sounds great. But turns out it's all tribunals and it is all going to be the, the structure of it will be all the judges will be handpicked by Rosalind herself. Right. And I think, uh, you know, the way Adama says it, he, he points it out pretty correctly that this is just a concentration, a further concentration of power Correct. to the executive. Like you're basically putting the, if you kind of like modeled it after our own system, you take, you'd be taking the judicial branch and almost subsuming it under the executive. Right. Like it's not an right. independent branch anymore. Like you're, you're in charge of it. That's bullshit. Yep. Yeah. And he calls her on it. And, and to be honest, to, what do you think even, of her answer? Um, I actually, I don't trust her completely, but I like the direction she's going. It's but a very political it only, answer. Oh, so, such and a politician's and it, answer. And it was, a, but, but you would say it was a well-constructed political answer. Because, you know, I want to get your take on this because I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a hundred percent grasp on this. I watched a couple of times because in watching Zarek's response, I'm thinking, was he happy with that response? He seems a little stressed. Yeah, no, that was... To me, that was the biggest um, hard, like the hardest to understand part of the scene. I couldn't quite tell because Zarek almost looked bothered that he brought it up at all. That's um, what I thought too. And I was like, what? Hmm, well, because, why'd you give it to him? <laughs> right, right. Now, it, it's funny. There are, <laughs> say he was trying to undermine Lee and he gave him disinformation himself to publicly fuck up his reputation by looking like a fool when the president crushes him. That's a political thing. That's True. very Machiavellian, but I don't think that's what he was doing. I don't think so either. Um, I think he was just like, fuck, that was a good answer by her. And and now she she may have recovered from something that was going to hurt her. You know, maybe he was just, uh, maybe he was just like, fuck, that's a good answer. I think, yeah, that's a good point. Um, But I I feel like you can even read on his face before that, Zarek, I mean, um, that he was almost unhappy that Lee brought it up. Oh, okay. There you go. Like there's a, there's a party like that it. thinks that Zarek wanted to get that information to Adama so that Adama would have that information and know it and and see things through that prism of like, okay, I know what Rosalind's actually up to and let's see how she actually acts. And I think it was more an effort to like, I want him to have this information and so that, that Adama will slowly become my ally. Not that he'll just take that information and immediately raise it at the very next public meeting of the quorum and make a big issue out of it. <laughs> and then um, when you say Adama, you mean Lee? Yes, yeah, okay. scene, I, mean, I should just say Lee. Because we've said Adama uh, forever to refer to the so old many, man. Exactly. The old I'm like, man. wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That's why I had to stop you for a sec. Yeah, I think, yeah I think maybe he thought it was a little premature. But it's funny. This is a learning experience for Zarek. <clears throat> yeah. Like, this is how you're going to have to deal with this kid. Right. Because what, what we, the, re, the exact reason Zarek likes Lee is the exact reason, perhaps if your theory is correct, and I'm really digging it, is that he has to sort of learn how to marshal Lee. Right. Because Lee is like the noble knight. He's like injustice and he can't help but speak up. 
He doesn't right, have the right. sly politics to to sit back and and see how things wait play for the out. right time. Right. Yeah. That's that's a that's a thing with you get that as you get older too. Like the wisdom of that. Like let me just sit True. back and see instead of uh, injustice. Hang back, hang back. See how it goes a little bit. Pick your shots. You know. That's uh, Sun Tzu's art of war is always, you know, fight when it's time to fight, not, not before and not after. <laughs> and this might've been a little early, you know, slightly. But the thing I do like about it is once he makes it public and, you know, uh, Rosalind has to acknowledge, okay, yes, this is what I was doing. And she's, you know, frames it as the whole, well, this was just the first step. It's not a completed thing. This is not the end product. And, you know, now that you've brought it up, how about we put it up for debate? And I'm like, the truth I think is, that she never would have put this up for debate unless she, she had been confronted with it and it had been made public. I can dig um, it. And that's, and that's kind of the, the power of telling the truth out loud in front of everybody. Like, all right, so look, this, we know what you're doing. This is what you're doing. Answer for it. And she's like, okay. <laughs> now that I'm backed into a corner in front of the, you know, essentially in front of uh, the government and the press and everybody, fine, we'll put this up for debate and restructure things, which I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't think, I, I definitely don't see Rosalind as some tyrant, whereas I think Zarek is somebody who's like, oh no, she's going to slowly become, you know, this absolute, you know, beast. Uh, but I think she would have not, you know, changed direction on that. I think she would have kept it more under her own wing uh, unless somebody pointed it out. Yeah, I don't know if I see her as a tyrant, but I also think that sometimes yeah. tyrants don't believe they're tyrants sometimes. Oh, true. Yeah, right? definitely. And, and that's not to say like, you know, I'm fucking Stalin in the streets. I'm talking like, I'm talking tyrant, like mo- more like a subtle tyrant. <laughs> We're just like, oh yeah. I, I am not going, there's not going to be bloodshed in the streets as a result of what I'm doing. However, um, in, in, I think a lot of it comes from arrogance. I think a lot of it comes from arrogance, which is just simply going, well, I know better. Like I, you don't understand. <laughs> I do. I understand you don't. So believe me when right. I tell you, this is the way this should be done. And, and, and she has that, you know what, and, and this is why she's such a good actress, man. I fucking, she's so good. Yeah, because, she's great. Uh, Mary McDonald, right? Is mm-hmm. because she never forgets that when she was cast for this role, she was a teacher turned school. You know, I know she was more than a teacher. She was on the board of education, but she sometimes has that condescending, like, you're the kid, I'm the teacher. Listen to me. <laughs> you know, it's almost, it's that quiet, it's a, it's that sort of subtle tyranny. <laughs> it's like the tyranny of the classroom. You know what I mean, dude. Not one like, thing she does, one thing she does so fucking well, just as far as her facial expression, it is such a, a recognizable look to me at this point. When when she's looking at somebody like you know, like in the scene Lee and watching him start to lay out what he's saying and that he's bringing up Executive Order One Twelve, and when she's not saying anything and just looking at him, the look on her face of oh, I know what you're fucking doing now. Mm-hmm. I know where you're going with this. That kind of like narrowed eyes, slight grin she gets. I'm sure. Like, she, that face she makes sure she's like, oh, I know she what you're doing. She makes a face, all right. <laughs> you know, it's funny know what too. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because Lee, with Lee in the picture, Rosalind is starting to be like, all right, we need to tighten up our game because he's not a jabroni. Yeah. They, yeah. we never get a feeling of, of, overwhelming competence or ferocity from any quorum member, you know, with no, the exception of Zarek's presence there, which I guess he's VP. So, well, I did, there was, uh, the one quorum guy, I don't know who, what, Cantrell, uh, pl- Cantrell Jacob. Yeah. She called yeah. him Jacob. Um, but he was, he pushed. he's like, I actually really liked the way he phrased it where he's like, so, you know, it was just published that the Demetrius is out, you know, looking for new food resources. Um, so are we supposed to believe that, uh, attempt at disinformation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's solid. That's solid. 
<laughs> I was like, that's he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Yeah. And Lee good. and Lee fucking is like, oh, we're searching many alternatives. That was fucking crazy. Like he almost <laughs> he they're gonna extrapolate, oh, they're looking for Earth. <laughs> like Lee basically dumped He basically gave it away. Yeah. He basically I mean, dumped uh, that info down, probably in the name of truth and justice, because he's Lee. Right. And also, dude, did you love how, how, what a pivot it was when Lee kind of stood up to like, I'm going to help throw a bone to the president of like, I think the president and, and, and uh, you know, the uh, admiral are looking for all possible routes to earth. And she's like, I don't need a junior delegate to be my spokesperson. He's like, okay, then I'll fucking bring up executive order 112. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. I was going to try to be on your side and be a nice guy about this. Now I'm going to fucking go hard. He's like, all right, cool. You want to get ugly? We can do ugly. You want to get into <laughs> we'll some gangster it. shit? We can do it. Where's my space WikiLeaks? How many Olympic characters have you, carriers have you destroyed? <laughs> oh fuck! Well, but yeah, dude i I am very much so looking forward to more more of this, more scenes within the quorum and with Zarek and Ross and like I want to see the politicking behind all of this. Sure, like, this is kind of always not since like season early part of season two. Have we really gotten a look at like the elections and the quorum and and like yeah. the, the politicians and their you know struggles and fighting and and you know uh, corruption even like we, we've kind the of moment when Gaius <laughs> wins is bad. That's so funny. It's <laughs> exactly. so funny. But yeah, I I'm agree like, with I'm you. Looking, I wanted yeah. to as long as it as long as it ties back into whatever the current people are like. I want them to overlap. You know the yeah, politics. Yeah, you know, for sure. instead of being totally separate, unseen things. Right, right. Yeah, I want it. I want it all tied in. And I, dude, as I've said before, and I will say every episode until the end of the show, more Zarek. I'm, I'm, I'm always He's down awesome. for more Zarek. Give him, give him to He's me. He's awesome, man. Fucking rules. So let's talk about Cylon duplicity because boy, they are yeah. masters of it. Whew. I got. Damn. Listen, we got to give it up for Cavill. Cavill, dude. you're a fucking beast. God bless you. He's such a great character. I love him. Boy, he knows how to take a knife in the back, pull it back out, and stab it in somebody else. God yeah. damn. He's like, I'm going to take this knife out of my back and put it in your eyeball. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and, then, and then burn down your entire family. Yeah. Like, shit. Yeah. What a hard motherfucker. You can't. He's, no, he's the number ones, man. Mm-hmm. They're, and you they're know, number one for a reason. I know I'm jumping ahead here, jumping to the end, but um, I kind of have to give a hard look at six and and Boomer in the situation of why'd you fucking trust him? <laughs> why'd you fucking trust Dude. him? Are you kidding me? Look at him. Look at him. Why did you trust him? <laughs> he, you trusted him to be your representative to the high, like Cylon High Command, and like make your case for you. Are you fucking kidding me? I'd be like, no, we're gonna take our ships and we're gonna fucking go in a different direction. You stay away from us. You 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 follow us at all? We're gonna attack you. Let I don't want you. anything to do with you. When they talked about uh-huh. unboxing Deanna, were you like, holy shit, she's coming back on the show? I started to wonder. I, I thought that might actually happen. I honestly, when she said that and, and his reaction to it, Cavill being like, are you serious? I, it was her messianic ideas that we couldn't tolerate, blah, blah, sure. blah. I thought that Six might just kind of, like she did last episode, just take it into her own hands and start, you know, like unboxing some of the Deanna's on her own. I thought we were going to, I thought that might've been the cliffhanger of the episode that Deanna's mm-hmm. back through six, uh, you know, her own machinations, but no. Or, or maybe just you get a nuke in the face instead. <laughs> <laughs> or that. I think so. Um, the, the foreshadowing of the, at least you said the magic word when she has to say <laughs> please to the Centurion. 
It doesn't oh, respond God. right away. It it hesitates, and then she says, please, and then it escorts him out. And I'm thinking, right. oh, my God, he's already in their ear. Damn. He's already in their fucking Damn, ear. it's true. Right? <laughs> You're right. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> fucking crazy, man. Ugh. God, he's such a sly son of a bitch. He is so sly. He's so sly. <laughs> hey, did you notice how much more polished the uh, Centurions are looking in this episode? Yeah, they're they're, they're like, they, they, dude. You know what they remind me of? I was like, they are like fucking Adam and Eve. They realized they were naked after fucking <laughs> after six took out their little inhibitors, and they're like, we must polish ourselves. We are naked and silly. <laughs> we we must look good. We are self conscious now. Don't look at my iron pee pee. That's hilarious. <laughs> they're all they're all pretty looking now. <laughs> we we now know shame. <laughs> exactly, we know Cylon shame. Do not <laughs> avert eyes. Goddamn. Uh, about round two of this debate, uh, they're 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 reliving the vote. Our compatriots now seem to agree. Now it was wrong to box the Deanna's. It sounds like your own opinion hasn't changed. I promise that we'd do some hard thinking, but in the end, this is where he lies. We decided our choices were correct. <laughs> and they're going to go to the nearest, I think he refers to it as a server, I guess a, a server that you know contacts ah, Cylon High Command is the only way I can think of it or speak about it. Right. Um, but they're going to head to the nearest server together with the sixes and the eights is Boomer, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, um, they're going to stay on their own ships. Uh, like, if you don't mind, we're going to stay on our own. And he's like, oh, of course, not at all, no problem. Yeah. Go right ahead. We'll this follow is, you there. This is one of those, like, this is, uh, like, to use, the, like, a, a breakup metaphor. <laughs> this is one of those where you're, like, you just lay into your partner because you're, like, enough <laughs> is enough. And then they're, like, all right, cool. Everything's fine. And then you get a divorce paper and you're, like, fuck. I guess they called my <laughs> Every, bluff. <laughs> everything <laughs> wasn't cool. Shit. Because, because you ha- she's almost apologetic. She's, like, no, no, it's fine. Like, we, we, we want unity, Six is saying. It's almost like she's, like, she's sorry about the whole, you know, blah, blah, bang. Boom, boom, boom. Sorry about that, but everything's cool now, right? He's like, yeah, sure. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. God damn. Oh, oh. And also, hey, what a fucking kiss uh, between Cavill and Eight when he's resurrected. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, that's, that's, I guess we see why the vote was changed. There's some sort of manip going on there or some sort of relationship. But this moment where they're like, wait, the resurrection ship didn't make the jump. Oh, that is, in Cylon language, that's, that's doom. You're done. Like, you're fucked. You are now dead. out of range of a resurrection ship. Well, you're fucked. Like, right. there's, there's nothing that can be done. So I guess with that, and now Cavill's base ships are breaking formation. <laughs> Let's listen to this pan shittery. Oh, Here, my God. Ready? All the base stars jumping in. The resurrection ship didn't make the jump. Problem with their FTL? No report. Oh, and now his ships are taking up attack positions. <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. Now Cavill's base ships are breaking formation, taking positions around. You should have already jumped. You fucked up. They're going to attack. Alert the others. We need to jump now. Too late. <laughs> yeah, you needed you needed to jump thirty seconds ago is what you needed to do. 
boy, six is six is a badass. She's extremely intelligent, extremely competent. Not a great fleet commander. No, not her strength. <laughs> that is, mm-hmm. this is not her forte. Uh, no. The second, the very second, they jump and they're like, "Wait, the resurrections of the ship didn't jump, and there's no report." I'd be like, "Jump again, jump again, jump away right now, jump away!" Like they're fucking plotting something. Yeah, like, get the fuck out it's, of here. It's Don't her, trust them. It's her lack of 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 fleet tactics. Number one and number two. The sheer audacity of Cavill's move has her completely frozen. Totally. I yeah. love that her last words are like, they're really trying to kill us. Like, this isn't a pretend fight where, you know, that's what I mean. Like, wait, we were just arguing. Or are we really right. breaking up? <laughs> you know, like, it's like, yeah. fuck. And see, that's another, that's an interesting thing about the Cylon, like, existence, I guess you would say. Um, the fact that for them, like, when we saw in the last episode, when, when those Centurions came in and gunned down the rest of the fucking Cylon, you know, crew, to us, as mortal human beings, we're like, holy shit, you just escalated this way, you know, beyond what we were expecting. But to a Cylon, that's like a slap or a punch. Like, that's just like, yeah, we, we, they die, but they're gonna come back. Like, right. it, it, it's not taken as seriously. And so I think you're right when, when she has that moment of like, oh, they're really trying to kill us. Like, they're gonna kill us forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is like a new and scary thought to, to Silence. I think they are so used to death being impermanent. And it's yeah. like you didn't like Cavill takes it seriously, and you weren't taking it seriously. I love I, I love just, that moment where she's where she's oof. like we're killing them, and he's like we can trust they can trust their god to watch over their mortal soul. Ooh. And she's and like, she's what about like, ours? And he's like, yeah, that's oh. a joke. so good. We're, we're just machines, machines dear. <laughs> we don't have souls. That's why we can fucking nuke our comrades <laughs> with not a fucking blink. So Ugh. it's important to discuss that part of this. So those models and those ideas are kind of gone. Yeah, man. So that's, that's coming out of this episode. That's the thing I'm still like kind of wrestling with. I'm like, wow. So like six and eight, the real six and eight who kind of were leading this, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like a Cylon insurrection, like their ideas about uh, almost even maybe making peace with the humans. That seems to be dead now. Gone. Yeah, um, gone. It's gone. There's still sixes and eights in the fleet because they didn't box the line, but they don't have their ideas. Exactly. And boy, if Cavill is really the last man standing, the one in charge, or at least leading, like if his ideology is now the overall ideology of the Cylons, well, it's not looking good for humans. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's fucking done fucking around. (laughs) War on. (laughs) Remember in fucking Wayne's World, game on, game off. (laughs) <laughs> when, the, when the traffic's in the street, they got to move the hockey nets. That's this. He's like, cool, war on. Let's rock war and roll. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> Time to kill. War was off yes. for a little while there uh, with this nonsense talk. <laughs> war is, war, meets back on the menu. Uh, oh boy. Cavalry. Cavalry, are we going to kill the humans? Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they rot in hell. <laughs> what do you think? We nuked the 12 plants so we could play patty cakes with them? We're not done. I'm going to wrap this <laughs> we up, mop baby. Them up. <laughs> Ooh, boy awesome awesome, Gnarly, awesome man awesome. That, I, i'm still that's the biggest thing for me in this episode i couldn't believe i mean for one obviously the, the big the really really big one is callie of like holy shit she's actually gone now and you know that final shot of you know adama himself sitting in you know the uh the quarters with tyrell as tyrell's just sitting there blank faced uh it's brutal um and she's gone but I'm still almost in more shock that, like, holy shit, the Caprica 6 that we've known this whole time is really gone. 
Like she's yeah. out of there forever. Uh, and any possibility, like I really was starting to think I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough to be like, Oh, this is my prediction, but I was getting closer to the idea of, wow, it looks like the six and you know, the boomer here might really push towards some sort of compromise with humanity and, and push against the old Cylon idea of just wiping them out. And that seems like where the show might be going. Um, and I don't think that is anymore. <laughs> I think that's off the menu. Yeah, at least so it seems. Pretty fucking awesome, man. It's crazy, crazy. Pretty awesome. Well, that was fun, and um, yeah, man, we busted, we busted through. We did, we did Razor one and two. He that believe the six of one and the ties that bind. But now we're going back to every other week. Indeed. So in two weeks, you will get the next episode titled "Escape Velocity." So there you go. Mm-hmm. Which will be the fourth episode, and um, and then. When we hit 18, we're done because 19, 20, 21 are the final three episodes. Whoa. It's only a matter of time, y'all. Crazy. Crazy to think about. What a, what a oh, project shit. this has been. It's, it's, now that I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm just so glad we're sticking it through and, and giving it the time. And it's, it's awesome, man. It's been a great talk oh, about yeah. the show. Oh, man. It's so good. It's you know what cool. it's got me hungry for again? We haven't talked about this in a long time. I want to start watching The Expanse again, dude. Me too. The Expanse is so good. You, I know this is wild. I've total, only seen like side tangent. three or four reps. Oh man, I've seen the whole first season. I need to start the second. The first I have season, the book too. Fucking solid. Oh, it's good, man. It's I have the good. book. The audio book probably, and the, it's and the normal book. probably the best sci-fi on TV right now. Yeah, that's what I'm being told. Everyone that says, how are you not watching Expanse if you watch BSG? I go, because I have don't have time. But <laughs> because I'm still watching and talking about BSG. I'll tell you, I've watched those first three episodes a lot of times. And then I just get distracted by like, oh, I got to do Game of Thrones season eight. I got to, you know, it's like, totally. so time is may start getting to be a little more free, but it's one of my greatest science fiction blind spots. And, and it's the expanse. Yeah. If anybody out there listening has not checked it out, if you're a BSG fan, which you obviously are, if you're this far along with us, uh, the expanse will scratch that itch, man. I've seen the first season and it's fucking solid and i've heard that it only gets better from there that season two and three are just like improvements yeah awesome all right y'all well this has been a blast i had a ton of fun talking about the ties that bind r.i.p cali marriage proposal is en route to tori's parents (laughs) via space dove via space dove and uh (laughs) and that's that well Thank you guys very much for tuning in yet again. And again, we will see you in two weeks with Escape Velocity. And until then, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Goodbye.